welcoming you all for this wonderful session with Mr. Sujit Arora from PGIM. Uh, welcome you, sir. So thank, in, thank you for having me on your show. Yeah. So thank you. And we have set up questions to ask him. So let up, uh, let's start off with the very first question. So we are mo- moving into the end of the financial year. So we are moving into the next financial year now. So what are your key learnings from your previous financial year? So uh, basically, as you rightly said, we are almost at the edge of you know closing this uh, fiscal year 2023. And the biggest learning for us from an equity market perspective is that we have to live with uncertainty, right? So last year we have seen what not. We have seen, you know, uh, Fed increasing the rates big time. We have seen uh, Russia-Ukraine war starting. Uh, we have seen commodity prices initially going through the roof and now they have been correcting so so end of the day equity will be a investment arm where uncertainty is here to stay and because of the uncertainty the volatility also in the market will continue to be as it is the way we saw last year so the biggest learning for us as fund managers is basically to be cognizant of the fact that you know we have to uh, be able to uh, take care of all the risk in the market specifically the volatility in the market having said that we also have to look into the uh, fact that we have to protect the capital of our investors. So hence, given the fact that we are going through a very uncertain environment, uh, a lot of uh, situations are very, very fluid globally. We have to be very, very sure of what we are getting into in terms of deployment, which sectors we are getting into and what kind of allocation we are giving to sectors which are very, very uh, highly valued in terms of uh, P multiples or EV beta multiples. So we have to be very cognizant of the fact, given the environment where we are in, not to get overboard and not to chase momentum and be very, very sure about which sectors and which stocks we are getting into for our investors. So, we say that uh, market being very volatile. Yes. So, what are the sectors that, that you are overweight on or bullish on for the next financial year? Yes. So, if you look at our both our portfolios, uh, one is core equity, which is a multi-cap approach. And one is Phoenix, which is a small and mid-cap approach. In both the approaches, three uh, big sectors where we are quite overweight. One is industrials. When I say industrials, it includes your bearing companies. It includes capex-oriented companies. It includes uh, defense companies. So basically, make in India as a theme. I think we'll do wonders over next one to two years. So industrials as a segment, are, we are quite positive on. The other sector where we are quite positive is autos. So autos have seen a decent uh, demand uptick. At the same time, now with raw material cost also declining or being more stable. I think the earnings profile of auto companies will be uh, quite reasonable for next financial year. Apart from that, the third sector which we like is uh, more to do with residential real estate. And we are playing that through building material teams. So we believe building materials as a team could again surprise on the positive from an earnings perspective in FY24. Okay, thank you. Uh, it's a big mean this is a volatile market. What is the strategy that you follow as PGIM? What is the strategy that PGIM follows? Do you have any try power increasing or cash level? No one wants to take big risk now because the market, uh, no people are coming for profits. If they don't want profit, they're moving out. So what are your strategy in this current volatile market? So as you rightly pointed out, I mean, uh, we have been, you know, managing these funds for quite some time now. And uh, last two years have been quite difficult. Believe me, <laughs> small and mid-cap investing has been quite difficult in the last specifically 18 months, right? 
the good part about pichem and i will come to a process in a minute is that in last 18 months we have outperformed the benchmarks and we are in top quartile in terms of performance so as i alluded to earlier our objective as pgm pms is to protect the capital of the investors now how we go about that it very simple we have three to four uh, uh, parameters which we look at while selecting a stock so quickly if i give you the flavor of that one is we look at the history of the company at least 15 years of history the track record is very very important then we also look at consistency in terms of cash flows uh, the third parameter being return on capital employed so depending on industry to industry the companies which are better in terms of return on capital employed over a 10 year time frame become a part of our investment universe and hence are part of our portfolio also and fourth thing which we uh, we surely look for mid cap and small cap companies is promoter skin in the game so if promoter is having at least 40% holding in the company then it gives some comfort in terms of you know uh, their intention or let's say their objective of driving the company so these three four parameters go into selecting the stock and what at pgm we have do- done so far uh, so good is that one our portfolios are quite differentiated so when you look at any benchmark our portfolio overlap with the benchmark is less than 20% so one is it's a differentiated product second it's a slightly concentrated product so in both our strategies today our average holding is around 20 to 21 stocks and the top 10 holdings will account for almost 60% so i am a firm believer with my experience that wherever conviction is higher it has to get reflected in the portfolio of the clients so we have to allocate minimum you know 5 to 6% in a particular stock to show our conviction in that particular client's account and uh, last 18 months uh, that is what has happened where are out of top 10 six or seven companies out of top 10 have performed very well and because the allocation for these companies were at 5 to 6% on average in terms of weights uh, it helped us in terms of outperforming these strategies or outperforming the benchmarks okay thank you uh one more question that i know would strike everyone's mind right now was about the financial sector so globally they are under crisis So, joining uh, the account, we have uh, Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, and Credit Suisse Bank. Everyone, everyone are under pressure. The so global banks are under pressure. So, how, what do you think the impact will be in Indian market? Because do you think the bank Nifty will suffer more, or do you think it, uh, we are uh, a bit resilient part of it? So, in our view, our uh, banking industry is quite resilient, and uh, uh, you know, kudos to RBI given uh, the checks and balances here. So just to quote some uh, you know uh, data points right so if you look at global banks there uh, the mix of deposit was more towards wholesale deposits whereas in india it's the other way around we have lot of retail deposits so that's point number 1 which is more sticky in nature second if you look at the npa cycle let's say the gross nps which peaked in 2018 at around 13% on the banking level or the industry level they are down to 5% third the provisional coverage ratio for majority of our banks is very very high so we are sitting on a very decent uh, pnl and balance sheets and fourth is the casa deposits again these are low cost deposits uh, many banks are sitting on 40 to 50% casa deposits so if i look at all these four parameters and in context of the rising interest rates which we saw globally uh india is relatively immune simply because our yields or our interest rates have gone up only by 200 basis points on average whereas uh, let's say if you put fed into perspective 
they went from 1% to almost 5% now right so the steepness in terms of the rate increases is has been more steeper in us and european uh, economy versus what we have seen in india so given our balance sheet strength given our npa cycles and given the provisioning at the banking level i think we are much more resilient and hence uh, you know i think indian banks will do relatively better compared to what we are seeing on the global level Uh, but we think that fed is not going to um, you know immediately close their uh, interest rate fix it might continue for next financial year as well because uh, so do you think that was going to impact a d market i mean d street uh, frankly i have a slightly different view so if you look at the bloomberg data right now i mean in the last one week or so after unfortunate collapse of these banks both in europe as well as us the bond markets in globally are indicating that fed by end of this calendar year might resort to cut in interest rates so as against a quantitative tightening uh, the bond market and bond market is a very good parameter to judge what the sentiments and what the street is assuming so at least when we follow the glo- uh, global data and we uh, do our research in terms of bloomberg data and all we uh, believe that at least the global bond market is hinting that fed instead of further quantitative uh, tightening maybe as you rightly said there might be one or two more uh, hikes but when you come to near to cy 23 end uh, we will not be surprised that fed resorts to you know uh, quantitative easing given that the stability of financial sector uh, specifically in us is now the more priority for fed compared to you know just controlling inflation so it's a very catch 22 situation but my sense is given what globally the data points are indicating uh, we might not be surprised that by end of this uh, calendar year you might see some rate cuts happening in us Okay, that was a different view. And one more thing, like coming back to your portfolio, your Phoenix as well as your core equity portfolio have have beaten their benchmark in the previous financial year. So, what was the secret mantra to produce alpha in spite of being market being volatile? So, as we discussed earlier, right? Uh, I firmly believe that the conviction has to be reflected in the portfolio. So, because we were quite convinced on the stock picking ability, given our research team. uh we went all out with you know 67% allocation to our top holdings in our, both the funds and because we were overweight let's say if i talk about core equity first because we were overweight industrials and underweight it and financials so if you look at last one one and a half years both it and financials have not done much they have underperformed and luckily for us we were underweight on both the heavyweights in the uh, uh, benchmark right so because of it being underweight and banking being underweight and on the positive side we were overweight on industrials and building materials that kind of alpha was generated on the core equity front when i look at phoenix with oriented approach their uh, majority of our you know uh, mid and small cap companies were debt free and as i alluded to earlier the promoter skin in the game also becomes a very important part so majority of the companies were having minimum 50% plus promoter holding uh, being debt free companies and the runway to growth for them were relatively better when i compared to the overall market so i will say yes it's about a process it's about a hard work but a little bit of you know luck also favored us where our top holdings did very well uh, we are cognizant of the fact that you know this kind of uh, you know outperformance might not last so we are constantly looking out for better opportunities better alpha generation and wherever we believe that you know the valuations are at a stretch and we have made decent money there we are partially booking our profits 
and utilizing that cash to again redeploy in some other stocks where the potential could be better than what we have done in the past okay kudos to that and what do you think is a unique selling point of pgim that differentiate pgim from others so again uh, to my first point right uh, our portfolios are quite differentiated so when you look at uh, the benchmark or when you look at uh, the other pms uh, products in the market uh, we do this exercise monthly so our overlap with our uh, you know peer set uh, the overlap is hardly 15 to 20% so one is a differentiated product second again uh, as i told you we have a research team of around 8 people or are at least 14 to 15 years experienced people so we get lot of inputs from them uh, so given our research team given our process and the differentiated product itself i think that are the biggest selling point for pigeon pms okay thank you with that we come to the end of the session so, uh, thank you for uh, being as a guest for this uh, wonderful session for the audience for the, it gives you a um, no, view of the next financial year as thank, thank you so much for having me on the show thank you so much